play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. G'day, g'day, and welcome to the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Maddie C, not just the host of the pod, but also the commissioner of our amazingly big 16-team fantasy football league. That's right, Astro League, very large fantasy football league. We have adapted the rules and scoring over time as well just to try and help accommodate the big size. But the other great thing too, I think, is that we are 16 Aussies all playing from here in Australia, which, you know, when you combine all those factors, I think makes us a huge unicorn here in fantasy land. Find us. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. We post every day and, you know, we love to interact with our fans. There's over 2,000 people following there and we have a lot of fun. So, go check it out if you're not on there. But look, for us, you know, there's no off-season. I say it often and it is true. Scuba won his maiden title and there has been like so long. It's been two months since we've had a full slate of fantasy matchups in our league. But, you know, we're not slowing down. We keep on rolling and rolling. Since then, we've had Taylor pat himself on the back for so many correct predictions in the Astros playoffs. We've had former champ Marky Mark come on to do a bit of an introduction to Dynasty League football. If you haven't caught that, go back and check that out. That coach Ryan, who's come by to help us explore college football a bit too in a bumper double episode. He's also given us his fantasy dream team this week as well, which is great. Last week was a big week for us on the podcast too, as we did our first collaboration with another podcast. The boys from Sizzle and Quinny podcast came by to talk fantasy football with us and Taylor. That was a total blast too. They also gave us their fantasy dream teams while they were here. And mate, all off-season long so far, Seahorse has been here a heap. So, what is next? Well, I've got great conversations coming with Mitchie. He's a former Astros player and he's a Vikings fan, sadly. He is our resident officiating expert, though, and we'll cover the great Instagram-led topic, started by you, the folks listening, about rules and the differences between college and NFL. We've got Taylor Talk coming back too. He's going to do a big-ass Super Bowl prediction show. And my buddy from the US West Coast, the best coast, Evan Flay, who's coming to talk even more dynasty, especially the upcoming rookie class of players who've just left college, going to be drafted into the NFL. A bit about drafting for your own dynasty team and even how you go about trading draft picks in a league like that. But all of that is on the horizon here in February. So, today... Well, we welcome back our Tasmanian correspondent, James Davis. We actually affectionately know him as Seahorse. We're going to talk about his greatest passion and his first love. Ah. He always offers such great perspective about change, and there's no bigger subject to imagine that concept on than the 26-legged monster that we are approaching today. So, here we go. Get your stack hat on. Get a pack of Band-Aids for just in case. It's time to summon the Seahorse. Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have run Jeremy's side bone going for him there. <laughs> Your in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor nailed, I've got to say. So this is becoming a bit of a tradition to have my guest, the Seahorse, come back, put on his sheriff's hat and help us get our heads around some parts of our scoring and some parts of our roster construction rules which we'd polled through the back end of the 2020 season and to really get involved to know what the changes could mean, what they do mean, the ones that we definitely want to go ahead with, but what ones sort of they got proposed, 
may have had some momentum and not got carried what they would look like even if we did go ahead and do them just i think to help the education of the league get to where it really should be for people to feel confident about what's getting proposed and what gets through sheriff seahorse welcome back all right god the listeners must be getting sick of my voice by now do you think Sure, you're not like developing some cult following and you're going to break away, and then I'm going to find myself a host without talent. <laughs> uh, I can't see myself starting up a podcast. Um, I think I'll just hang around till till the segment carks it and uh, you go find someone else. Marky Mark did pretty well on his episode, so maybe there's a slot for him to take over. Oh, goodness. I, th- I thought you'd be most worried about TC being probably the, the guy with the most opinions who doesn't currently have a, a permanent spot. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he needs to spot himself as well. Get us all competing so you get better, better ratings. <laughs> I'm starting to realise I'm actually bashing TC on most episodes, um, and I think he's able to handle it. But, I mean, it's all a bit tongue-in-cheek, Tony. You know I love you. <laughs> Mate... This has got to be, I think, your pet subject, and I'm going to prose questions and then shut the hell up while I listen to your amazing brain work on this. We polled in the off-season owners group poll about defensive scoring. You and I talked about it in the lead-up to that poll, and we started messing around with the idea of, oh, God, what if we just pulled levers? And then next thing we know, you've got this calculator up of, well, this is what all the actions were and how many there were from each team. Let's assign point values to each of them, how they sit. But let's also make that something can change, and then we can start tweaking with it. Have you had a bit of chance to to really pull that out and, and get a model you really, really love? Yeah, I think I think I do. And I think a bit like when we spoke about the kickers scoring and the changes, I think what we've got to do as a league is decide on what, what outcome we want and what scoring range we want um, defences to be at because that's really going to dictate what levers we can pull by how much. And I, I, I think a bit opposite of like the kicker, the kicker situation where the kickers were all very tightly um, bunched together, the, the defences are quite spor- sporadic in a, in a lot of ways. The, the top 22 um, defences as of week 14 um, were ranging between the 90-point mark to 134 points. So there's a fairly large spread there. That's that's 40 yeah. points. That's that's three points a week. So that's better than like yeah. the one point a week of the kicker. But really, three points a week difference, a huge difference. Um, and I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's enough of a difference to really see the better the better defences and, and stop them being such a throwaway position. But more importantly, I think the major, single major issue of defence is how do you know who's an actual good defence and who are the great defences and why and what decisions you're making that on. So if we contrast it to the kicker, because that's nice and static and linear and simple, of yeah. basically you decide... It, in the proposed models, you're deciding on a, a great kick. It could be someone kicking a lot of PATs or kicking a lot of long field goals. It makes sense and not missing many. And you're looking for an yep. accurate long kicker or accurate multiple PAT kicker. It's yep. simple. Short kicks, higher volume versus longer kicks, more risk, more payoff. Yep. Where in defense, there's a lot more, obviously far more levers and there's, uh, also, the special teams that come into account in in, in the defense as well. 
Um, so it gets very tricky and there's a lot of different point scoring mechanisms and it's not very well utilized on the NFL app as the default point scoring in my opinion. I'd agree. I'd agree. And I think this is one of these things, I don't know if this is the right term to use. I'm going to use it because it just it seems such a big behemoth. I think it might have been too scary to bother looking at. And now, oh gosh, we're just throwing back the, you know, the curtain on everything. We're kicking over all the stones. We might as well kick over the stones on this one. I sort of felt like that was almost the right, like that was almost the momentum of, okay, we're, we're talking about changing all kinds of things. Why not defensive scoring too? It's really time we shone a torch in this corner as well and opened up the chest and saw what was in there. Cause we've lived on default NFL fantasy scoring our whole lives. We've never changed anything. I don't know. I just think we're better than that. We are. And I think, well, everyone should know my opinion now, but defense is the most important, most exciting side of American football. So it shouldn't be such a <laughs> throwaway position in fantasy. You've probably got a bumper sticker on your car that says something to that effect as well, do you? <laughs> D- defense wins championships. So yeah, there you go. That's the bumper sticker. There it is. <laughs> so it's really, it is really a scary position. And, at the moment, it's scary and it's hard to understand. Um, and to summarise it for people, in case in case we are going to keep the same points, if you're going to pick a defence, you have to pick it based on number of turnovers and touchdowns you're expecting um, people to get. They're the ones that yeah. score the points. Anything outside They're the only high-value things they can do, right? Yep. Anything outside of that? Uh, anything that you... That's icing, not cake, right? That's right. So, like, your general thing of thinking about how many yards people you know, keep keep teams to and the scores they keep teams to, they really don't affect things too much. So, my prime example, prime go-to example at the moment would be the Chicago Bears. You know, most people would rate them pretty highly. A lot of people would probably put them in the you – know, rank them probably between five and seven in defense in the NFL at the moment. At least I would. Yeah. They're ranked 14, 15th in scoring as of week 14 in fantasy. Yeah, dead middle of the pack, fringe starting defense. That's not what I would have thought of a defense who you say bears defense and people would just ubiquitously put them comfortably in that top half, right? Yeah, comfortably. So I think that in itself says how wrong the NFL scoring is and how difficult it is to really pick a defense so that's why people drop them at uh, the drop of the hat when a buy comes up because it really doesn't yeah. matter and yeah you couple that with how how penalized defenses are in comparison to the other positions we already spoke about kicker and them being penalized but defenses have quite a um quite a high penalty rate with the amount of points scored against them and the yards against them so in the default scoring, not only do they not score a whole lot if they do well in keeping low points and low yardage, they actually get smashed when they um, start um, getting big points put on them or big big yardage. And and really that default yardage, which I don't have on my um with me at the moment, the the tipping point is like what I'd class as late nineties early 2000s type of yardage and points average scoring, not taking into account how high and how much yardage um, is um, put on teams these days because you just can't defend like you used to. 
it's, it's containment. It's not, it's not impact um, defense anymore. So I think that's a, that's a really big thing to take on board is you could have a really good defense and they could have an actually what you class as a good NFL performance, but in fantasy, they could end up with like minus five or six points. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is where, uh, okay. So we've talked about this with other positions too. Uh, a quarterback can have a pretty bad day out, but then all of a sudden the defense eases up because they're ahead by, you know, 35 points. And, and now the quarterback looks great because whoever uh, they could find who hasn't had a run yet is out there on defense trying to stop themselves freezing over. And then you see the same with like, you know, we're talking about kicker. Well, maybe just because we've got in our mind how much a kick is worth in the NFL, we can, we can depart from that because this is fantasy. This isn't NFL. How does that play into your defensive model? That same idea of, ah, okay, so what happens in the NFL is the NFL, but we're playing fantasy. So when I um, built my scoring, new scoring system, I started with what's the, what's the medium potatoes of defense. And really that's the points scored, scored against and the yardage against. And I, um, I, I worked out what sort of the average is for, um, for points. So the most sort of, the range where most people score points or above is about the 27 points. There's like a tw- 21 to 27 point range that you get in um, NFL scoring. I right. set that as sort of the baseline. If you're that, it's an average. If you're scoring above that, you're, you're having a shoot game and below that you're going really well. Whereas on the um, yardage, where I found the most sort of average um, was between the 300 yards to the 399 yards mark. That's where most... Most teams are putting that many yards on. Um, so then if you're, putting, if you're getting less put on you, it should be rated higher. And if you're getting, um, getting more than that put on you, you're starting to get into trash zone. Yeah. And, and I think that makes sense. So just, just to quickly rattle it off, just basically we've got a – for the points I'll start with, you've got a range of, of zero. If, you, if a team puts on zero points – Yep. I was going to give it 30 points. Like we discussed it last time, it's happened once in the Super Bowl era. So, yeah, so it just doesn't happen. just doesn't happen. Six-point rate. Oh, hang on. No, sorry, zero, not zero points. It was under 100 yards doesn't happen. Yeah, that was a yeah yard. sorry. Yard yeah. Yeah. Under 100 yards, 99 yards and below. That's it doesn't right. happen. It didn't happen once this year. It's happened once in the whole Super Bowl. That's so it. Zero yeah. points. That happens. Yeah, actually. Maybe we had three teams hold a donut this year. Well, I've got those numbers. As of week 14... Yeah, three three teams kept their um, opposition to zero points. So I I still kept it at 30 in my system, um, even though it happened three times. That's a pretty special defensive moment. Like most people would say you've had a great game if you haven't let the other team get any points. Yeah. Uh, then, the, so then the range is one to six points. Um, I gave that to 15 points. That happens... That happened 30? Yeah, 13 times. No, it happened 32 times. Oh, 13 times. Yeah, sorry, I'm get, getting myself confused. Um, 13 times in the um, in the season up to 14, uh, week 14. Then it's yep. 7 to 13. That happened 40 times. Um, and I was giving that 10 points. Um, and then... That is a good day out. If you keep a team under two full touchdowns. It, it's a good day out. It is. And I think to most people, that's why it makes sense. If, you bait, if we're yeah. getting the, meet, the majority of the points from points scored and yardage 
you can make well-defined decisions. And then the other things that we'll touch on later, that'll, they're the stuff that change it. They're the wild cards, if you will. So that that seven to 13 points, like you said, it's less than two touchdowns, gave that 10 points. The 14 to 20, I, um, I gave five points. Yeah. The 21 to 27 was two. And, and then the tw- uh, 28 to 34 mark was um, negative two. If you're getting that many points put against you, you're not having a good day. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then the plus 35 points, negative five. Yeah, so at that point, you're getting hammered. So you probably deserve to eat a big weenie. Yeah, so I feel like, yeah, that's fair enough. It makes sense. So the yardage... Like we, like we, you corrected me. Ninety-nine yards just never happens. I said that at twenty-five. It never happens. It doesn't really matter what you put it at. It'll happen like one in. It'll happen in like one in seventy years or so. So it's <laughs> not going to be a big issue. So it's a hundred points. <laughs> it could be. It could be. So uh, it should be something. We'll put a number in there. We'll work yeah, it out. <laughs> I just put twenty-five because it just doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah. At the moment, you could put a burrito in there. What does it matter? Then I then you jump up from the 100 to the 199 yards, which I, I put as 10 points. That uh, that happens fairly uh, infrequently, 16 times in 14 weeks. So it happened. Yeah, so I mean that's in the range of zero to like sorry one to six points. That they, they, that happens just as often as a team yeah. giving up less than 200 total yards. I mean that's a fairly special thing. If it's only going to happen maybe once a week, every you know there's a lot of games a week. Once. Yep. That's that's really worthwhile. Yeah. And then so the next one, uh, two hundred to two ninety nine, five points. I um, felt was right, but like I said, that it happens quite a lot. Uh, Seventy nine times in fourteen weeks. But yeah, so I like that it's half as valuable. So like if you're that. if you're only letting the team put on about the twenty seven to 30, the twenty one to twenty seven points. And 299 yards, an average game, you'll score 10 points. The defense will score about 10 points, which is about average for every other position. Makes a whole lot yeah. more sense. I mean, yeah, I want my starter to score 10 points at running back or wide receivers. I want them to average at least 10 points. And, and then, so then I start ratcheting down like the 300 to 399 yards, it's only worth two. Then, it's, then it goes from three, uh, 400 to 449 for some strange reason. Um, yeah, all of a sudden there's a 50-yard break here. <laughs> so I guess it's because it's that old, the way the system works. Um, yeah. that, I said that is negative five, and then the um, 499-yard plus, that's um, negative, uh, negative five. Sorry, I've skipped a few. I'm confusing myself. So for the... All right, so 449 to 499 is negative yes. five. But 399 to 449, that 50 yard break above it was worth negative two. Yes. And then once you get to ne- what happens after 500, is that you fall off the board? Yeah, negative seven. Um, and, and surprisingly enough, that 500 um, plus happened 14 times in that uh, 14 weeks. So it happens once a week. Oh, so that's as often as a team will be held. Under 200 total yeah. yards, there's also a team somewhere else that week probably just chucking it all around the kitchen, 500 yards, no yep. worries. Can you defend anything? Yep, exactly right. So that balances, it seems to balance out um, what's going on. So that's the meat and potatoes. And like I said, I was trying to aim about 10-point average. So even if nothing else happened, 
if they had an average day, they should get about 10. Where at the moment, if they have an average day, a defense will probably score about four or five points. Which sucks. I mean, you see the projections for defense every week. It's between five and a half and seven. That's the range of projection, which sucks. Because you can't really project it. That's the problem uh, at the moment. Not really. Because now we're coming onto those sort of wild things that happen. So, yeah, these are the bonusy things. Let's, let's, and, and I mean, so what we've done there is we've talked through literally 15 plus variables, and now there's about eight things left over that are the kind of bonusy event moments yeah. scoring things where a, a particular action scores you points for that action. So, let's, Quickly, uh, I'll, I'll knock off the two. The touchdowns and um, kick return, punt returns, touchdowns, yep. I, I left them at six points. Uh, just a, a matched offense, it, it made sense. They both happen. Um, some The touchdowns average about four touchdowns a, a week. So you're looking about one in, um, one in eight teams will score a touchdown a week. That's, yeah, it's a, it's a gamble, and your kick returns one happens a week. Kick or punt return touchdowns one a week happens at the moment. So that's one in thirty-two chances when the team gets it. So six made sense um, when I ran the overall numbers. It didn't make sense to really increase that too much because I think that would start to get uh, too lopsided of what's happening. Yeah. Then we move on to I'll just touch on the two-point return. That barely happens ever. Um, <laughs> I just almost never. I I got, I'm actually struggling to dial up a memory of when one happened. Uh, I think one happened last year. Um, oh, well, not not last year, the, the season before. Um, oh, way back yeah. yonder. Was the color was it in color TV or was it still black and white? I mean, we come back. Uh, <laughs> so I I just set it as six because again, it probably doesn't matter. You could probably make a claim that it doesn't happen that often, so it should be scored a lot more, but the opportunity to get it as well, um, it becomes too fluky. So if you're going to get a really high points for that, they've not necessarily done anything that special. I don't know. For a yard, a two-yard play, and you've turned it into a 98-yard or more play the other way, I think that's kind of amazing. I can see why it almost never happens, but I think if you're going to give points for a team doing the exact same thing, and that's worth six in every other bit of the game. But in this bit of the game, for the NFL purposes on the scoreboard, it would be worth two to the defense instead of two to the offense for not just busting it up, but returning it the other way. I actually think that's special enough to make it six as well. I, I just thought it sounds ballsy, but mate, balls in, oh. balls in, six points for that. I loved that. That was really I, I was considering going higher than six, but six just made sense. Um, same as the, the other one I'll touch on quickly is the block kicks. I said that to six as well. Um, bit of contention on that in the, in the group, Yeah, which is fine. It, it's happened uh, 32 times in 14 weeks, so it's it's about yeah. on uh, a couple of times a week, <laughs> one in 16 chance. I I just felt that it's in line with the touchdowns and the kick uh, kick returns and punt return touchdowns sort of frequency that just in in my head in my system when I've run the numbers that it, it, it makes sense to line up line up with those sort of activities and it's 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 still a bit fluky, but it's not. It's not overkill, and you're still getting something for something that it really doesn't happen that often. That's a good defensive play. I mean, until now, that's been scored a zero. Yeah. It's like, wow, the defense blocked it, and the only thing that happens is the kicker 
cops a miss. And the kick- kicker didn't even miss. The kicker had it blocked by a human. It's like somebody stopped it. We're not giving that person credit. Uh, so I'm, I'm really glad there's something. And I think even then, if this ends up being something where that number gets diluted a bit because people are a bit scared of how big six sounds, fine. But, I mean, it can't be zero. No, it definitely can't be zero. And uh, I, I, this just <laughs> might be my, my emotional thing, but I think it just rewards good defensive play. Uh, yeah. It just fits in. Absolutely. In perspective, as we work work through all of these, a lot of these happen at about the same amount of frequency. So in the way that I've um, been thinking about this and how I've sort of got the points to line up, um, having these yeah. all the same, because um, most teams will only do like one of these actions in a game a week. Yeah. So they all get the same sort of points and all, all sort of get, um, get evened out a bit. And it takes... Uh, more exceptional play, um, a better, a greater team effort that um, that match up to get higher than average. So that's some of my thinking around that as we work through it. So the other one I um, put as six points was the safeties. Yeah, that is not a huge occurring thing. Um, it's about twenty um, in that fourteen weeks. Yeah. So we're, again, we're only talking about one one happening a week. But I mean, we scored that. And it happens as often as a blocked kick, and we didn't do anything for blocked yeah. kick. You know, so yeah, that's the miscarriage for blocked kick. Absolute miscarriage of justice. Safeties—they're not that common, but they're quite a thing. Like it's a, a pretty exceptional play. Yeah, it is. It's another good defensive effort, so it should be rewarded. Yeah, again, it's scored like how it would be in the NFL. Um, by default, at two points. So. Yeah. Six, uh, again, those sort of ones all fit together, I, I see, in my head. Even though they're not necessarily the same value in a game, this is fantasy, not reality. Yeah. But that's your six packs yep. right there. So safeties, we're going two, yep. six. Touchdowns, whether they're kick return or punt return or defensive, you know, fumble or intercept, just they're all six. They always were, and that's fine. Two-point return and block kicks. Let's make them six as well. It's a big six-pack yep. of sixes. I like it. So let's uh, let's touch on the um, the turnovers. So we've got fumbles forced, fumbles recovered, and interceptions. Did you see this though with fumbles forced? So there's it, there's a nice blanket of everyone gets between like you know four and six of these a year, and we currently don't score anything on them. But do you see? Baltimore had 11. Yep. <laughs> Just that, so much more than everyone else. And we don't even score. No. And so what I sort of did in this, um, like if I put it out there, there's only, well, there was, there was 137, um, no, sorry, 128 over um, the 14 weeks. So we're getting nine a week. So yeah, that's quite basically one, one every two games. There's a forced fumble. Yeah, every yeah. other game. And, and we're not scoring it. We haven't given anyone anything. No, for and it. like I, I went two ways on this. Of well, we could just not do it. But then again, it's it's. I, I saw on the offensive side, it's a bit like the PPR, the points per reception that we do. Uh, it's rewarding um, an action happening, um, and I I sort of use the same sort of thinking behind it. If it's a forced fumble, it doesn't mean it was recovered. No, have you done anything? Yeah. Kind of. So you should get something. So. That's something I, I went like the PPR and went half a point. Yep. Yep. You catch a ball behind the line of scrimmage. Well, you know, you yeah. caught it. <laughs> you didn't drop so, it. <laughs> the cha- cha- like it's 
it's not enough to change a lot. Like you said, uh, most have around the four mark, but then Baltimore has 11. So we're only talking like five and a half points of those four, four weeks for 14 weeks for Baltimore. But yeah, I, I think it needs to score something. Um, it's a contribution. But, and, and that's where the fumbles recovered comes into it. Um, I left it at two. I thought that um, this sort of turnovers, there's just as many, well, there's 225 um, fumbles uh, in 14 weeks. So we're talking about 16, 16 a week. Yeah. So basically every game has a fumble recovered. Every game has a fumble. Um, yeah. So I felt like it's common enough that it should just be treated as one of those meat and potato things that just chips over the um, ticks over the score. This is These are those sort of things that if your team's doing a bit better at, fumbles forced, fumbles recovered, this is what's going to take them from a potentially average game um, that most people are going to score around the 10 points and this is going to push them up to the maybe 15 as an average each week, um, let alone if we chuck in a touchdown. That's when we're going to start seeing the 20-point sort of scored. Yeah. Now these guys are going to be the same amount of starting spots, the same amount of availability that there's 16 that you can put in a starting lineup for any week because there's only 16 starting slots. But, you know, we've had that many all the time, but we've never scored them terribly well and they've become so disposable. But we've never thought that way about quarterback ever. And the middle of quarterback is about 20 points. Ah, man, now all of a sudden this is valuable. And to your point, you're like, oh, could these become something you might want to trade? Like, do they carry that much value if all of a sudden they can score a really respectable, maybe completely line-up changing amount of points without it being fluky. And that's the thing. It, it, I tried to make this as least amount of fluky as possible. Um, you're still going to have those when they actually score a lot. It's because they've actually done a great um, a great defensive effort. It's not just because they've gotten a bit fluky and might have scored like two two or three touchdowns. But they let let in a yeah. still let in a fair few yards and that sort of stuff and it just didn't take into account in the um in the scoring. So Oh, you know, if you're playing in one of those rain dirt bowl games where, you know, it's an absolute mud fest out there and you manage to move the ball but you do a great job holding your opponent. No turnovers, everyone's a bit scared to, you know, do too much that would put the ball at jeopardy. Well now you've held them to a low score and a low amount of yards. That should probably be just as worthwhile as the team who has kind of the flashy two intercept return kind of yeah, day. and it's, it's starting to make things a lot more consistent and predictable. So yeah, they're not scored that way now. But I mean, intercepts yeah. is a good one too because there's 330 yeah. of them through 14 weeks, so you know it's yeah. tons, it's tons, and they're scoring two points for those, and I, I think that's a pretty fair yeah. number as well because their incidence is high. Do you sort of sit in the same spot there? That yeah, I, I kept them at two. Again, I thought it was a bit of that meat and potato stuff. With with nearly looking at each team getting one interception each okay, a week, which yeah, it's, well. it's overestimating well. a little bit, but just for dramatic effect. It happens enough. I just felt keep it at two. Keep it the meat and potatoes. Um, you're getting a, you're getting a turnover. Should be rewarded for that. And then. Final part of this was the sacks. Oh, no one loves oh, the sacks. This, like is, you love a sack. this is what I live for. This is this is why you watch NFL. Except they've made it too soft, and you can't really sack the quarterback like you used to. Well, you can still sack him, but you can't sack him with all. It's your not mind. really sacking when the quarterback 
takes a dive. Um, so, <laughs> no, no, you do like to see the quarterback have to go through a bit of pain. Do. But, uh, you know, all this talk of sacks is getting up in a drop. So <laughs> thanks for playing along. <laughs> so this happens quite a bit. It was 916 sacks. And this is a bit of contention. It was a bit of contention in the group chat when we brought this up. Currently, it scored one point. I, I raised it to two. Uh, and the reason why I raised it to two was it was one of the determining factors of really helping segment out the tiers of defense. So when interceptions, all uh, you know, the recovered fumbles and then starting to take into account those touchdowns and safeties, you're, you're already getting the good defenses are scoring good average points each week from the points and the yardage. These things like the sacks, the interceptions, when these teams are scoring, doing this a lot more than average, this is what um, is really pushing out those tiers. So at the end of the day, when we actually start looking at the points differences of what happens is the Bears as an example. Yeah, go back to the start here, the Bears. At week 14, they had 95 points. Middling. Middling, Middling. absolutely middling. You wouldn't say they were good. When I've done the proposed points change, they've jumped up to 161, which is starting to push them up into that top 12, top 10 spot. All right, it's a top 10. Yeah, that's worthwhile. Again, when we started this conversation, we're saying around the five to seven ranked. And that's, you know, it could be a bit emotional as well and a bit biased. So go for the Bears because of their defense. But it makes sense. They didn't have that many sacks. They were a consistently good team. They weren't great in, in the sort of the way we're scoring this. But what it does is push out the really what well, you'd t- um, probably count as the top five and six teams of defense of the Colts, the Steelers, the Rams, Dolphins, Saints, and the Bucks. They're now scoring plus two hundred points, where they were scoring between one hundred and one hundred and thirty-four. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, that could be a bit scary. Uh, 100 points over 14 weeks is sort of a seven-point-a-week yep. bump. Yep. Thereabouts. That's that's right. And now they're actually a worthwhile position. You would go out of your way yeah, they to are. pick them, and you would pick them because you know they're actually going to score that kind of points. And why? The problem, like we started with, is first place, you're sort of thinking, oh, they're a good defensive in NFL. I'll just pick them and we'll see what happens. And then, no, they're not doing so well. So I'll drop them and I'll just pick up the next one on waiver wires. And, oh, they've got a buy. I'll just drop them and pick up the next one and it'll be fine. And usually it is. um, But this tiering system, when we look at how I said the top sort of 22 all score between that 90 and 134 points, all of a sudden, we've yeah. got the sort of five to six that are scoring at 200. Then we've got the next five to six that are scoring between 150 and to that sort of 190 mark. And then they drop down to between 100 to 140. And then there's still the rubbish defenses that score 100 or less. But you know who they are. Oh, here's your bottom market, right? So you got at this point of the season when we drew this up, we had Detroit Lions had 22 actual fantasy points. Yeah. <sighs> 22. They had 18 sacks. So if you just took away their sacks, they had four total points from 14 weeks. With the proposed structure, they wouldn't be the bottom marker anymore. They'd still be very close, 
but they'd have 78 points, you know, so that's something. Um, you'd have four, uh, there'd be, um, there'd be three teams below them. Sorry, I was looking at them seeing their fourth from the bottom then. And like Tennessee, the Jags, and, and then the Raiders, oh, would be way down the bottom. But all of them are sort of 70 plus, you know, there's none of this. At the moment, those same teams with the same actions and the, the, the current values would be Lions 22, Raiders 32, Bengals 37, Jets 44. Like there's some horrible, horrible, horrible scores there. It's no wonder we're talking about these being so throwaway when now all of a sudden even the bottom teams can get you some points if you can just trust them to do it. Yeah, and I think, you know, in general, there's there's going to be that obvious rubbish tier that you just spoke about. Um, and, and I think what's important is they're rubbish. People aren't going to pick them. But, yeah, they might be useful for that one week. That one spot start. Because, I mean, what you're saying here is, Oh, God, my defense is going on a buy. I've got a real decision to make. Yeah, up until now, four guys have had that. Now, all of a sudden, maybe 12 guys have that. Go, oh, I've actually got a decision to make. Do I keep my pretty good defense and find someone else to drop so I can you know, keep this high-scoring defense? Or do I just risk losing them forever? And, and no one thinks like that. There's so few guys who have to think like that every week at the, at the moment you know, in our league. You might have a couple of guys who have to make that decision at all. Well, I had the Ravens you... at one point, and they were they were ranked fifth at um, um, at week fourteen. I didn't even blink an eye when they had a buy. I just dropped them and picked up the next one, and they got the same basic results. Yeah. No, like I, I ended up with the Eagles. There was a thirteen point difference over however many weeks between the buys. Um, so, man, it's not it's not winning or yeah. losing. You game, so, yeah. point and a half or something like that. You know, we're, this is not worth. The, uh, we're back to the kicker up. situation of they're all the same. Just drop them. Um, I've never thought kickers are all the same because I've always known there's a few who are a little bit better, but it's just hard to know who they are. But some of them just carry the name value, and when you go out and drop Will Lutz on his bye week, Mister Seahorse, old Matty C goes and picks him up and drops a useless guy, and then I've just got Will Lutz for the rest of the season. I can let a guy like Ryan suck up. <laughs> Go and kill somebody else. Uh, but, you know, I think now all of a sudden that tr- we fixed kicker quite a lot by adding a bonus point here and a bonus point there for different things. And I, I love that we've done that. And this is really taking that to – there are 23 scoring levers for defense. There's like eight for kicker. 23! I can see why we were too scared to do it. And I think we all owe you a bit of a debt of gratitude for having taken the time to go and have a good look at it. Well, I just love this. I <laughs> I just love defense, so I want to see him become prominent. I think the, I think the real decision that everyone has to make, they've got to, got to get out of their head probably the specific points for each each lever because unless you're sitting down with the calculator like I was doing, um, it well, you just look at when I was running through the different um, point scoring methods and getting confused which was which, you're not going to be able to do it in your head and it'll the emotional gut feel won't get actually get you the results that you think it will. And by, you know, dropping the sacks by one point has a massive impact on what the ceiling of defensive scoring is. So what we've got to really do is not, don't worry about the levers. we, We need to worry about what do we want the ceiling for our elite defenses to score? Um, 
I've for this exercise, um, the Colts were the top um, top point scorers at 245 in my proposed scoring over the 14 weeks. So that's averaging about 17 and a half a week. That's, that's Travis Kelsey. It's a fairly decent uh, wide receiver. It's a fairly decent um, running back. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's Devontae Adams. Honestly, I, um, for me personally, I feel like that's not high enough for the elite defense. And this is my bias completely coming through. I think they should be scoring like a quarterback. But that's, that's going to go down like a lead balloon in the in the league. But I'm putting it out there. So <laughs> I, I've tamed down what I would actually like to see. I, I definitely think those top, the top six defenses should be in the 300-point mark by the end of the year type of thing, averaging at least 20, 20 25 point range. So what we've really got to d- define is what's, what's sort of that ceiling that we want uh, want those sort of teams to look at and ha- how we get there is just about how do we make those points look um, projectable. So make it consistently predictable yeah. that we can expect someone like the Steelers to score, get a lot of sacks and a lot of interceptions, but they don't do a whole lot else apart from keep the points low and the... Um, the yardage fairly um, fairly low as well. Those are the uh, sort of decisions that we need to concentrate on, and let the math do the talking. Don't don't get caught up in the emotional part of whether a block kick should win you a, a matchup or not, um, or whether the sack should be one or two points. It, it really is. Do we want the defense to score three hundred to fifty? 200 or we're happy keeping it with 150 at the moment and just see what we want an average team to look like. Um, do we want the average team to be scoring about 10 points a game? The better, the good team scoring about 50 and the great team scoring about 20. Um, that's, that's what I want to focus on. And then, then we can jig up the points to get that, make that happen. Um, and and make it so we still have those tiers that we keep talking about being so important because that's what feeds into draft day and trading and waiver waivers and all that sort of stuff that make uh, a much more important um, position and it makes things a lot more um, engaged and active in the in the in the league if we've fixed um, if we improve kicker and defensive point scoring and we've got those sort of those tiers. All of a sudden, it may be worth taking a defense first round. Oh, could you imagine that? It'd be awesome. I, I think that, you know, same as take, it might be worth taking a kicker in the first or second round just to start that position. That's, that's sort of what, where I want to get to because that starts opening up the league to a lot more options to take. At the moment, kicker and defense are dead positions. There's really not that much different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just saw the last draft was running back, running back with a side of running back and a sprinkle of wide receivers. And even the highest scoring position like quarterback didn't get a look in until later rounds. If we can really put a bit more pressure on the top of that draft to go, oh, actually, you've got more decisions to make than just running back, mate. Um, I think that will really, really help. Um, Teams get really strategic and (laughs) can open a whole box of, uh, different ways to win your title. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what it should be all about. Thank you for taking the time to go through this because what I want to do then is make sure that this is really available for everyone to, uh, to have a tinker with. And then once we get into the forum on it, then I think everyone will be uh, a lot more comfortable 
with tackling such a rather large creature. And I was going to say, on behalf of everybody who might not say it, thanks for going into the effort for it to make this oh, happen. My pleasure. I, I just want to be. I just want to see de- defense being relevant. Make defense great again. It's always been great. It just needs to be seen and be prominent. It should be exciting and uh, make defense uh, score again. Yeah. <laughs> Mudsa. It's not very snappy. They're, they're already taking the fun out of defense in the NFL. Let's let's bring the fun back into fantasy. Another guy who was being drafted like he died too was. Oh, T.Y. Hilton. He's a good receiver. <laughs> he actually doesn't look great. Whole career has been defined by boom, Barkley, or bust. Yeah. Or hurt. And to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. A huge fu to the vinegar stroke. I am so thoroughly impressed with how that went. The task was tall. The road was winding. Seahorse really helped get that torch shone into all the dark corners. And now the idea of tweaking defense and removing that whole kind of throwaway nature of the position really doesn't seem so scary. And, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to hearing about what other leagues out there have been brave enough to do this, tackle the defense and change it into a position that matters or change it into one that can fit your league size. Tell us all about it. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We're going to whack up some posts in there encouraging people to interact and tell us all about it because we'd love to share your stories right here on the show. All right, I'm going to wrap this puppy up. You know what's coming for the rest of this month. We've got Mitchie. We've got Taylor Talk. We've got my mate from the West Coast of the US, Evan, coming on. We've got all these things coming. So, look, you don't need me to continually tell you. You just need for these episodes to come so you can get them downloaded Find us everywhere you can get a podcast and subscribe just so you don't miss out. That old podcast feed that we used to have, we finally wrapped it up on Australia Day and it's gone. So, it means if you are with us now, you've found us with the cool logo that has a swagman's hat. I imagine that is going to change as we approach Easter too. (laughs) The logo has proven to be something that is absolutely flexible and a bit of fun to play around with. And a big hats off. For those of you who weren't here when this happened, way back in about week five or six of the fantasy football season, Jolio DiCaprio, he's the GM owner of the Struggle Town River Sausage Dogs in our league, and his partner, Kara, got together and put together this fantastic logo that we're looking at now. And a huge thanks to both of them for helping with that and contributing that to this wonderful show but also just how much flexibility there is because we've tweaked it around for things like Christmas. And (laughs) I mean, yeah, we've even got that Swagman's hat on there because it was recently Australia Day. All right, I'm getting out of here. I'm Matty C. I am the host of the show and commissioner of our crazy deep 16-team NFL Fantasy League. We'll see you next week. Hooroo! Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information and stats. With your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.